0: Over the years, we have done a lot of Imagination Dragon songs. Uh, I I think they have really good lyrics. I think they're creative musically, so it doesn't surprise me that we do um, a lot of their songs. But that song that you just heard was dark. Did you hear the number of times uh, they said, nobody can help me now? There's almost a lack of hope that's being expressed through that song. All that's left Is this do-or-die moment where I'm gonna go face some sort of battle and there's nothing that I can do to prevent it it's just go time and so it's it's about to happen and there's nothing there's nothing I can do about it sometimes um, before these weekend services I grapple with how to introduce the topic because I want to make sure that you understand that it's important if we're going to talk about it. Like that makes sense, right? It would make sense for me to make sure that people thought, hey, we're spending some time on this. There must be a good reason for that. And so we, we find ways to do that. But the thought struck me as I was preparing to talk about this in light of this song. And I realized I have a feeling I don't need to set this up very much. It might be simple en- enough just to say this. Life is sometimes a battle. And I suspect that all around the room all of you internally went, "Yep." Now, what's interesting about that is it'll it'll be completely different things that you think of. There'll be students here who will think of school, And some of them will think about the relationships that are happening at school and how difficult that is and how that's a real struggle for them. And others are going to think about the academics and how the classes are hard and they're having a hard time getting through it. Some of you will think of work and you'll think of either supply chain issues or um, having a hard time hiring people. Some of you might be thinking, no, it's the situation I'm in at work. It's the people I'm with or I'm, I'm in a bind and that that is a battle for me. And others of you, you, you thought of family. You thought of family right away. You're like, it's so hard to get him to eat his food. It's so hard to get him to bed on time. I mean, husbands are a problem, right? <laughs> yeah, you know it's true. <laughs> like, you, you have these thoughts about internal struggles that you have or emotional ones that come out of you on a regular basis and it just feels like a battle to you or maybe for you it's more tangible it's that court date that's been set for you because you made a mistake in your life and now you are battling for a whole lot your freedom all the kinds of things are on the line and you're wrestling and struggling with this and it appears to be a pretty common experience that we all have I, I want to quote Voltaire he was a French writer from the 1700s and I want to do this because he has a quote that says this as simple as possible and that's why it gets quoted a lot my life is struggle and I think he's I think he's right I, I think a lot of people feel that way I go about my life and it is struggle. The thing is, I'm not sure that you're meant to fear that. Because if that is the common experience that most of us have, then the question is, how can I figure out a way to excel, to do okay, to be all right in the midst of this struggle, and these battles that I face in my life? How do I go about doing that? And I think some of the stuff that gets in the way sometimes Is we tend to compare our struggle against somebody else's and we feel like ours is unfair. I'm straddled down with a struggle in my life that's just, it's more daunting than what others have. If I had their money, I wouldn't struggle. If I had their family, I wouldn't struggle. If I had their job, I wouldn't struggle I find it fascinating how confident we are about things we don't know because from my advantage point I have conversations with a lot of people and I can tell you that nobody nobody is protected from these battles from these struggles of life everybody's up to it nobody gets off without a free pass Everybody's in it. And I would say maybe even the way we look at it is it's just that they have an advantage and I don't. And I'm not convinced that anybody has an advantage, an unfair advantage in life in this area. Except for one group. There appears to be one group of people who somehow find a way to enter in to the struggles of life and survive. They find some way to make it happen. I actually made a list of some things that I see come out of their lives that are just different than everybody else who seems to be like in the thick of the battle. They don't seem to wear down as easily. Like they have an energizer bunny thing in them where they just keep beating the drum and beating the drum and beating the drum and they just keep at it. They don't tend to burn out. They don't suddenly start and flare up and go fast and then they're gone. They seem to be steady runners who, which is probably why they don't wear down. These people don't lose hope. The sense of hopelessness that you heard in that song, it doesn't arrive for them. They always feel like there's something hopeful to keep striving for and moving towards. They're resilient. Maybe the most important thing on this list, these people do not appear to be defined by their struggle. And that is not always the case. There are some people who are so in tune with their struggle that they begin to identify with that struggle and they take that struggle everywhere they go. And it becomes who they are. These, these people don't see it that way. They look at it differently. Don't worry, that is a video clip you're gonna to get to see soon. It sounded pretty, like, sounded pretty cool, right? Yeah, it is. There's some anticipation, it's building, it'll be really great, but not yet. Um, The group of people who has the ability to overcome, to like hang in there, to be resilient. These are people who receive something from Jesus because of Easter. I'm, I'm talking about you. Like if you have decided to follow Jesus... You've accepted a forgiveness. It's about his values, his way. You, you want to line up with his identity. You identify with him. You're doing all of that. Something dramatic happens in your life. I've been saying that for two weeks now. This is the third week. I've been looking at um, a series we call Origin Story, where every superhero has an origin story. Something started where they ended up with abilities, skills that nobody else in the world has. You have some of those. In the first week, we talked about how you're unstoppable. This life is temporary. You look at things differently, and because this life is temporary, you can live in a bold way. We talked last week about how you can change. Other people are caught in a rat race. They just keep going around and doing the same kind of choices over and over again. They keep repeating the same kind of stuff, but that doesn't have to be your life. You can do something different. Well, today, I want to talk to you about an advantage you have in the struggles of life. Advantage that you have over everybody else because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. So that's what I want to spend my time on. I found a way to illustrate the ability and the skill that you have in a video. See, now here, we're right there. Okay, and I I believe what you see in this video, everybody in this room should understand what's going on, and if you don't, you may need to get out more. That's all, I mean, there, something could be off, but uh, we're about to watch a guy named Peter Parker who has his mind on something else, something's going to happen, watch this, Oh yeah, can we start that over? Oh, there it is. I thought he had that look on his face at first because of her lips. And I was like, "Oh, we missed his we missed the lips." But no, they came in there, right? How did he know that car was coming? How did he grab MJ and roll out of the way? Everybody knows this. What did he just use? Spidey sense. sense. Thank you. If you didn't know that, mm, mm. Um, we're going to need to get you out, get you to some movies, do some whatever, because this is used as an iconic thing in our culture where you have this sense or feeling that something's going to happen and you see it coming before it happens. What Spider-Man has is an internal warning system. Now, he's a fictional character. You are not. And you have an internal warning system. You have something given to you by God that goes off on the inside of you and alerts you to all kinds of things. And I want to tell you about it because it gives you an unfair advantage in the struggles of life because of the things that it provides. Now I I don't want to sound like a used car salesman, but I'm gonna go over some features of this thing. Like you have, like you have this thing on the inside of you that's that you should tap into all the time, and I think sometimes we don't do it because we don't realize what all God has got going on inside our hearts. Like, it's there for you to access, if you will. So what we're going to do is we're going to start looking at where it came from, and then we're going to start attaching different, like, this is how this works. And we can't do it all. Like, we're only going to do four things that comes with this system that you have internally. Here's where it came from. Jesus is meeting with his disciples after the resurrection, So Easter has happened. He's almost ready to return back to heaven. And he says this to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. We're going to find some sections of scripture here in a little bit where Jesus is going to be talking about this very thing, So he's been talking to his disciples all along, all along, all along that this is going to happen for them. But now they're on the cusp of it. And so he says, stand by. I don't want you to go anywhere. Don't want you to leave Jerusalem. I want you to be available for this. What is this? For John, this is verse 5, for John baptized with water. But in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. God was about to do something incredible for them. And this is going to be about your life too. Now, what does that mean, baptized with the Holy Spirit? Well, I want to take you to Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, Paul writes about this in other places, and he says this so clearly here, um, I think you'll be able to understand it really easily. So I just want to read this to you. In verse 16 of chapter 3, he says, Don't you know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit is... Dwells in your midst. Don't you know that God looks at you like a temple where God would come and reside, and He does? Like He shows up and He resides with you. Now I don't know if you notice this. This is this is a question statement. Says, Don't you know I I do not have I do not have good luck with question statements in my life. Uh, My question statements apparently are tainted with a level of sarcasm that makes them almost immediately unusable after they leave my mouth. Um, I think they're really awesome tools to use. I have just not been able to find a good way to do it. But this, if you unload all of the sarcasm and you just ask a serious question, you, you get some teaching along with the question. Didn't you know this was happening with you? Didn't you know? that you're a temple and God lives in you. And then he goes on and he says, there's some serious consequences if you don't know this. You could end up making really foolish choices. You you could harm yourself and others. You could make misguided choices as well. And so he, he says, listen, this is placed in you so that you have the ability for some really great things. And this is where it comes from The end of this chapter, verse 23, says this, And you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. You are of Christ because of what Christ did on the cross. And when he offered you forgiveness, you took that. And if you'll remember the picture that we had last week of that chicken, that big chicken with all those legs, you're covered. You're covered by Jesus. You're protected. And so when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. And because you're in Jesus, and Jesus is of God, you end up with the ability to have the Spirit of God with you. Literally, in you, walking around in your life. This is a This is a deal. And so your life could be a struggle, I get it, but you're carrying an unfair advantage if you could just tap into it. So let me tell you about some of the things that happen, some of these features of this this warning system that you have inside you that's there because God walks with you, all right? So I want to take you to John. We're going to be in John quite a bit. We're going to leave it for a little bit. Um, to pick up one other aspect of this. But I want to take you to John chapter 16. And uh, I'm going to pick up again the words of Jesus. He's speaking to his disciples. And he uses a description of of what the Holy Spirit's going to be and and how he's going to do his job. This is in verse 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus was saying, listen, because I've taken human form, I'm in one place, and if you're with me, then you're with me in this place, and that's great, but if you go off to a different town, I can't be there with you, but if I were to return to heaven, I could send the spirit of God back, and wherever you would go, he'll be there with you. Wherever you're going to go, he'll be there. And what is he going to be? Did you see that word? Advocate. This is the idea of somebody who is present with you for your aid, for your benefit. They're going to argue on your behalf. They're going to give you some guidance and, and instruction. Like, they're there to be an advocate for you. And the beautiful thing about this is this, this was written in a way to make sure his disciples understood. Someday, I'm going to go. And when that happens, a really good thing is going to happen. You're going to get the benefit of God's spirit being with you. In you. Why is that a big deal? Because it gives you the reassurance that you are never alone in the struggles and the battles that you face. You know, it sometimes feels that way. It sometimes feels like I'm isolated from everybody else. This is a thing that's taking me down. And I... there's an epidemic of loneliness going on in our culture right now. And I would encourage you to get engaged with other relationships. I think you were made and designed by God for that. But overall... I don't want you to forget that you are never alone because God is present with you because he placed himself inside your heart if you've chosen to follow Jesus. If you've made that choice, you're walking around with the presence of God constantly there. This is a huge advantage. When you're in that battle, when you're in that struggle, it's not you against the world. It's you and God against the world. It's completely different. And it causes you to have more courage, more stamina, more hope. Now, there's another thing that happens because he's always with you. I want to show you this. So we're going to go back to uh, Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And he says this about, again, this presence of God who is with you. This is verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? This is another one of those great um, question statements. Who is in you? Whom you receive from God? says, do you not know? And again, what we've already established. That the Spirit of God resides in you. And then he says this. You are not your own. He goes on and starts in the next verse and he says, You were bought with a price. What does he mean you're not your own? What does he mean you were bought with a price? It means when Jesus went to the cross and he found a way to pay your debt, he did that with his life. The cost for him was outrageously high. But you know what that means? He's highly invested in your life. He's highly invested in what you do and how you do it and where you go. In fact, look at how this verse ends. Verse 20 ends. It says, Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. Because I'm highly invested with you, because I'm with you, God's able to actually hold you accountable. Where you go, God goes with you and is present to give you some internal warning signals if you're about to go down a path that would do harm to you and others. You're hovering over the send button on an email that is going to light up the world and boy, they deserve it, right? You are going to... And the internal warning system goes off and you pause and you back away from that and you rethink. Or you're gonna send that text, and then you said, No, I'm not gonna send a text. I'm gonna call. I want them to hear my voice when I say this to them, right? And you're, you're dialing the number, and the internal warning system goes off. I'm with you. Don't do this, don't do it this way. Don't click on that website don't go down that path. Don't spend the money that way. Like these are are moments of interruption where you're held accountable for things you want in life. You, You want good things, great relationships. You want to honor God with the way that you're choosing to live. But boy, stuff happens sometimes and you get caught up in the emotion of all of that. But there is because He is with you. He is in the middle of all of that. And when you say, I have to respond this way. God, don't you know how I feel? Yes, I do. I was there. I was there in the moment when those words cut your heart. But I want this response from you instead. And because you're carrying around the presence of God, you're never alone And you are never alone. Right? Both of those things are true. And so you should be mindful of the choices that you're making because God is present with you when you choose to do that. When you choose to take yourself into those places that are harmful to you and others, you're dragging the Savior who paid a high price for you along with. And it ought to stop. And be a gut check for us. Why am I making this choice? I want to take you back to John chapter 14. Two more features of this. Jesus is again speaking to his disciples. He's talking to them about this when he said, I've been talking about this all along. These are examples where he has said exactly what is going to happen with, with the Holy Spirit. This person who's going to be sent. And in chapter 14 verse 26 he says this. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I have said to you. This Advocate, sometimes written as Helper, in this case, this, this is about somebody who's guiding you, who gives you Access to wisdom in the moment of your life. Like it's available for you. Sometimes it happens this way. You recall something or you're reminded of something. Have you, I've seen this a whole bunch of times. I couldn't think of one example because I've seen it a whole bunch of times. Um, And it usually happens in public where somebody is losing their mind. Like they, They got angry about something, and they're going off, and they're out in it's in a store or a restaurant. I've seen this happen, and I mean they're cussing up a storm. It's a it's a rage fest, and somebody will say to them, "Hey man, there's kids around, right? What's that a nice way of saying? Like you know better, calm it down. You know better." calm it down. The Holy Spirit has the ability to say, hey man, there's kids around. Calm it down. I I want you to take a step back. I'm going to remind you of something that you know. I'm going to remind you of a scripture that you were memorizing. I'm going to remind you of a truth that you're trying to integrate into your life. I'm going to do that for you. At other times, what you just need is, I need a sense of wisdom. I got a call this week. Um, actually, it, was a, it started with an email. It was a long email. And they wrote out all of this stuff that was happening and said, can you give me your thoughts on this? And I sent an email back that said, let me think about it. Why? Because I'm aware that I have access to wisdom And if I could tap into that, if I could slow myself down, not go with fast responses, I might actually come up with something with the help of the Holy Spirit who walks with me. And a day later, I made that phone call and we had a great conversation because God had given me some insight that I wouldn't have had if I sped up. Because he's present with you, you have access to wisdom like you have never known before. But you're going to have to find a way to tap into it. I really believe it's one of the things that gives you an unfair advantage. That reminder, that voice that interrupts what you're doing and gives you guidance to go in a different way. It's only an unfair advantage if you use it. A little earlier in John chapter 14 verse 7, Jesus is also talking again and he says this, The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. He's talking about God, his Father. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Talk about an unfair advantage. You, my friends, have the ability to know God. Again, it goes through that covering of Jesus. Jesus covers you because you're in Christ, now you're in God, and you have a chance to get to know the person who put all of this together, who designed and created you, who designed and created the people that you love, who put together the world to work in a certain way, and he has a, his finger on that. And if you would get to know him Your ideas about how life should go, how life should be, what's unfair, things would change. You would start to understand that God's burning the candle at five ends and you didn't even know it was possible. How is it that He has His hands in so many things at one time? Because He loves and He's active. And the more you allow yourself to get to know the person who sits at the core of your being, the more in tune you are with a purpose that you have in the world. I, I believe that. I believe that we are seeing an epidemic of people who don't have purpose and meaning in their lives because they have decided, above all else, that they will determine what their own identity is and people are throwing identities around like crazy. And this this goal is to find our identity in Christ because we get to know God, and so we take our information, our instruction, our wisdom from a God who lives at the core of who we are. He sets our path. And when that happens, He is going to put you on a path where you can do some damage in this world for His kingdom. That's purposeful. That's meaningful. There's value in it. And you get that because at the core of who you are, you get to know God when others don't. It's an unfair advantage. Uh, Band, I'd like you to return if you could. We're going to help here in a little bit. Close this out. I'm convinced these unfair advantages exist for every one of you who've chosen to follow after Jesus. Jesus. The question is, will you tap into it? And can you identify when it's sometimes difficult? I, I may have told this story. I'm going to tell a different sliver of this than I have in the past. I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not proud of the story. It is just what it is. So some years back, I told a half-truth. I like to say it that way because I like to get credit for the half-truth and it makes me feel better versus saying I lied to somebody, right? I lied to somebody to save my skin. And then it got covered over and went on for a while. And I was in the process of trying to find a way to allow my relationship with God to grow deeper. And, and I was trying to clean out the closet. And he dug this up. He said, Blair, I need you to go back and make this right. Right? I said, um, that's going to be highly embarrassing. I don't think I want to do that. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget the message of the Holy Spirit in my heart in that moment. It's changed the way I think about things. He said, Blair, you already embarrassed yourself. I'm trying to fix this. I'm, I'm your internal warning system And I'm telling you right now, if you let this sit at the core of who you are, and you leave this alone, undealt with, it will get in the way of what I want to do with your life in my kingdom. It will cause all kinds of problems. And if you're willing to do the right thing, we can get this back on the right path. Go make this right. It was embarrassing. It was hard. I haven't walked around with the weight of it since. I was given forgiveness for that. I cleaned the slate with God. And why would I want to do that? Because I want access to all of that stuff that the Holy Spirit has to offer. And if he brings up some stuff that I want to ignore, I will shut off that voice. And now I'm in trouble. Listen, If you're not a follower of Jesus, that's the boat you're in. It's only your voice that you're listening to. You're choosing what to do, how to do it, and you think you found the right way. And you're going to dig a hole for yourself. But if you're a follower of Jesus, he is there to walk into the struggles and the battles with you. You are not alone. You are not alone. He loves you. And because of this, he's going to suggest changes and adjustments to your life. And if you will listen, you will be more resilient. You will be full of hope. You will have purpose and meaning in your life. Why? Because the God of the universe resides with you. It's like a superhero power. You ought to use it. Would you stand and reflect on that as you worship together?